Welcome to Unbreakable Success. This is Aaron Keith Hawkins. Right now, you can get a free copy of my book, Million Dollar Influence, plus access to free training and free one-on-one coaching to improve your influence, relationships, and personal confidence. Just go to AaronKeithHawkins.com to get it all. That's AaronKeithHawkins.com. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Unbreakable Success. This is the first time we're doing an episode in public. Um, I'm here with uh, Michael O'Brien, author of Shift, Creating Better Tomorrow is Winning at Work and Life. And uh, Mike, first of all, thanks for joining me for lunch. Hey, and, no problem. Uh, thanks doing for this me. first Out in the Wild episode. This is going to be something new for both of us. Yes. Uh, yes. But I'm, <laughs> I'm glad we're here. We both happen to be Jersey guys, so thanks yeah. for joining me. Uh, for everybody that doesn't know you, uh, as I'm holding up the book here for everybody to see that's watching on video, make sure you go grab a copy of Shift, uh, Amazon, or your favorite bookstore. Um, Mike, tell us a little bit about your deal and then what you're in, what you're up to today. Yeah. And we'll get into backstory in a little bit, but uh, what's your jam today besides being an author? Well, so my jam today is I like what I like to tell people is that I help sales and marketing pros avoid yeah. their SUV. So, <laughs> nice. right. So, uh, and then a lot of people are like, well, "What does he mean by that?" And I'm yeah, like, that'll I'm make like, sense. Really. I'm, I'm going to tell people, but like in all seriousness, I I help sales and marketing professionals yeah. slay the the doubt and the worry that inner critic stuff in their minds, so they can yep. have complete success. Nice. So, which we've talked about, like as we're having some lunch, yeah. Like having all the external markers of success: the house, the job, the title, and but be success have the success inside that yeah. fulfillment the joy, the happiness. So now I'm an executive coach and I do just that. Uh, Prior to, because we're in Jersey, I spent my whole career in the pharmaceutical industry because that's what you do in New Jersey, right? that's it. Uh, So I was a sales and marketing pro then, individual contributor, and then I worked my way up into executive leadership. Nice. But the big thing and what the book's about is what I call my last bad day. Yeah. So that was July 11, 2001. And as we're talking, like, Back then, we were anticipating the launch of the iPad or iPod back then. That is so crazy. There was no Facebook. There was no LinkedIn. There was no Twitter. There was no YouTube. There was, yeah, there's no way to listen to music except your Sony Discman, which I had one of those, right? I imagine you had one too. I think I still got it somewhere. Yeah. So I, uh, back then, uh, I was out at a company meeting in New Mexico and I brought my bike out. I've always been an avid cyclist. And I decided to bring my bike out across New Mexico off my list of states that I wanted to ride my bike in. Yeah. Avoid the hotel gym, get some outside air, the whole thing. Yeah. And as I was doing loops around the hotel property before my meeting, I came around the bend and a Ford Explorer, the SUV, yeah. had crossed into my lane full head on, going about 40 miles an hour, smashed right into me. Wow. Like I had nowhere to go. I remember... I remember the sound of me hitting his grill, the sound of me flying into his windshield, the screech of his brakes, and then the thud I made as I came to the asphalt below. And of course, as you would imagine, you yeah. know, with your experiences, you know, in law enforcement, you've yeah. probably been on major accident yeah. scenes. Funny. I was knocked unconscious, but when the EMTs arrived, I uh, woke up, and. Even the thought of moving was the most painful moments of my life, right? So I was like, I couldn't move. Uh, Again, intense pain. But I used my sense of humor to sort of cut the tension. So I asked them a question only another cyclist can really appreciate. I asked them, like, well, how's my bike? (laughs) 
right? Because us cyclists were a little, little, we're a little weird. Um, so I was like, well, how's my bike doing? And they're like, huh? Like yeah. your bike's fine. Uh, they were really trying, just really trying to save my life. Yeah. And I knew things were grim, not by what they were saying, just based on the energy on the scene. Like they yeah. were, you could tell the worry on their face. Yeah. And I remember just lying there again, motionless, wondering like, is this what it feels like to die? Mm -hmm. I remember willing myself not to fall asleep. I said, whatever you do, Michael, don't fall asleep. Stay yeah. awake. I believe that if I fell asleep, I probably would never wake up again. Wow. So it was my it was my way of sort of grasping onto a sense of control. Right. And when the helicopter landed to take me to the trauma center. I told myself, if I live, life would be different. I'd yeah. stop chasing happiness. Uh, because before my last bad day, I was like any any dude or dudette uh, in their early 30s, right? Yeah. Um, juggling multiple priorities. We had two young daughters. Uh, Grady was seven months old. Elle was three and a half years old. Wow. And I thought I had to be Superman at work. And I thought I had to be Superman at home. Yep. And I had to have all the answers. And I was really good at comparing my life to everyone else's. Like the whole keeping up with the Joneses, like what what did you know the Jones down the street have and mm -hmm. what I didn't have, uh, how much money I was making versus one of my colleagues, what stuff they had and versus the stuff that I didn't have. Yeah. Like so that because of all the great work that you do you know that just invites judgment yeah personal judgment where i didn't think i was enough and i was in this like this loop of this chasing hap happiness or like a hamster on a wheel yeah and i caught it from time to time you know like i got the promotion i bought the new car i was happy for a bit yeah and then it vanished and it left behind hope and the hope basically you know, gave me a message like, hey, Michael, if you keep on chasing, you're going to grab it one day for good. Right. And so I just kept on chasing. I kept on staying on that hamster wheel. Yeah. And then the universe has its last laugh, right? And yeah. it was like, hey, buddy, guess what? Yeah. Um, you need your wake-up call. Yeah. And that's when I met my SUV. So I, I but I was, I was living a life that a lot of people at that age, really at any age, are living even today even with the pace, pace of life is faster today than back then yep and i needed it i needed that wake-up call and you know that's why now i try to help people avoid their own suv yeah haven't gone through what i went through yeah it's um yeah it's a powerful story um mike and it's it's interesting how it's interesting how many times especially doing uh, the work we do like coaching and things like that you constantly meet people who are doing the right stuff yeah. Got a great job. They got great families, and and things are all okay. But we're we're all kind of chasing the same things, uh, you know. Wherever we are, whatever promotion we're at, whatever rank we're at, whatever income plateau that we've hit, there's always okay. Now I need to get the next best thing, and and then and only then everything will be okay. And then you get there, yeah. and then okay, well next, then and only then if I get to the next thing, then I'll really be happy. And like you said, it's a hamster wheel. Um, and that's not, you know, neither one of us are saying that out of judgment towards success and advancement yeah. and all those things because it's all, it's all part of the equation and those are all 
all metrics of how you're living, right? It's it's a way to measure, you know, is, is am I doing, am I, am I working, number one, at all? Yeah. <laughs> or am I just engaged in a hobby? But um, there's an event like yours, um, it, it sort of puts things into perspective. So after that happened for you, you know, what was life like? I mean, obviously you spent, I'm sure you spent plenty of time in a hospital. Um, how did things sort of pan out? In the, in the months to come. Yeah, I know. So I want to underscore what you just said, Aaron, because I think it's a great point. Like, I totally believe in, like, pursuing your ultimate best, right? Yeah. And climb the corporate ladder if you want to climb the corporate ladder or yeah. the entrepreneurial ladder or what have you. But just be mindful as you do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. have that inner joy and fulfillment. Like, you know, so we can have, a you know, a lot of great stuff, but still desire more. Yeah. And, and but be be fulfilled yeah. right and be present so my first surgery took about 10 hours i needed 34 units of blood product mm. i went to the icu for several days there i was on a whole bunch of a whole bunch of drugs right and i don't remember anything yeah. i you know i interviewed my wife for a job like she came in one morning i was like hey welcome um, I just have a few questions. Yeah, so I just have a few. I share it in my book. I, I go. I just have a few questions, and you know, I was like, "Well, what makes you think you're qualified to join my team?" And oh so, at the God. end of the interview, um, I was like, "Hey, you know, it might take me a little bit to get back to you because you know, I've been in a very bad accident." What was she doing doing? So, this? so well, she's cracking up. She's oh like, busting. like, and you know, like, there's not much laughter coming out of an ICU. Yeah, and so she's crying, like, laughing so hard. So, um, and she's just writing down stuff. Good, how's it going? Yeah, we're good, man. Yeah, we're uh, good. Um, yeah. I'll have a lemonade, actually. Yeah. No yeah. uh, iced tea, please. Yeah. Oh, you know, okay. I think you, I think he's still, we still have ours open, if I'm not mistaken. Where are you guys at? Over there. Uh, right there. Oh, yep. Yeah, that's us. All right, thanks. Oh, just, just lemonade and a... Uh, uh, iced tea. Iced tea. Iced tea. Yep, thanks. No Ladies and gentlemen, that was Billy. Billy at Top Golf in Edison. Yeah, come awesome down, place. Say thanks to him. Great people here. A great team building location. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, so she's busting, busting out laughing, and so she went through the whole thing. I interviewed her for about like forty minutes, wow. right? And then but the other <laughs> thing is, minutes. yeah. So I'm asking her all the standard interview questions. <laughs> but the other thing, Erin, is like I I told her to buy Amazon stock. So Amazon stock. <laughs> Around July 11, 2001, was like fifteen dollars a share. Yeah, we didn't buy it. And what's it worth? Uh, like now, it's like fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah, share. It's, it's insane. Like, right? It's insane. Oh, wait, so, this is 2001. 2001. Oh so my gosh. I, I, I have forgiven her for not buying Amazon stock when I was in the hospital, <laughs> and she has forgiven me for not hiring her. <laughs> so it was all meant to be. But I came out like when I came out of the ICU. Yeah. The doctor started telling me about like what happened. Like yeah. the driver had a revoked license. He had five DUIs on his license. Oh wow! Um, they t started telling me about like a lifetime of limitations, dependencies, more surgeries, and since we go where our eyes go, all I yeah. saw was everything that I couldn't do anymore, everything that I didn't have. Yeah. Like I, I felt like I lost everything, including my identity as like Superman. Right. Mm -hmm. If I couldn't be like the dad, the husband, the athlete. Yeah. Like who am I? Mm -hmm. And being dependent on a whole bunch of people, I was like, oh wow, like, so I, I got into this whole victim loop. Like, yeah. uh, so when the hospital got dark, thank Thanks, you very man. much. I appreciate it. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so when the hospital got dark, when visiting hours were over, mm -hmm. I would 
often just cry myself to sleep, asking myself, like, why me? Why did this happen to me? Yeah. I just thought life was so unfair. And I really sort of labeled myself as like, I'm a victim. Yeah. And here's the thing, everybody validated that. Right? They're yeah. like, wow, like something horrible happened to you. You are a victim. Woe is you. And I was like, yeah, woe is me. And I stayed in this funk until I came back out to New Jersey. Yeah. I went to Hackensack and then I went to Kessler's Institute for Rehab in West Orange. Yeah. And then during my stay there, I had my big shift and my big aha where I realized if I was going to be the best husband, father, leader, person I could be, forget about comparison, like drop all the comparison right. nonsense and just be the best person I could be yeah. that I had to shift my mindset. Yeah. I had to start thinking about what I had and still could do versus what I couldn't do and didn't have and really sort of change it as, as hokey as it sounds, go from like victim to victor yeah. and change my, really sort of change my self narrative. Yeah. And I pulled a page out of my old life and I was like, you know what? I'm resilient. Like I'm, I am resilient. I'm not going to be a victim. I'm going to be resilient. I'm going to fall down seven times, get back up eight. Yeah. And I'm going to start just showing up with a better attitude so I could recover yeah. and, and be really, the goal then was just become the best husband and dad you can be Yeah. and everything else. Like I chased in the corporate ladder chasing like all the material possessions mm -hmm. like i didn't want any of that i just wanted to be i really just wanted my health again yeah uh because for the longest time i couldn't even do the basic things in life like i couldn't i couldn't go to the bathroom by myself i couldn't shower by myself i couldn't get dressed by myself wow and if you want to feel like a loss of dignity like get on top of a bedpan right so yeah. early on they're like you know, I had this big drug cocktail and it was like basically clogging up all the plumbing. So <laughs> they want, all the surgeons want things moving down there, right? Yeah. And so on top of the bedpan, so, you know, they would close the curtain around my bed, give me a bedpan to sort of hop onto, barely, because I had a broken shoulder, right? So, because, and, and everyone would wait outside and they're like, are you ready yet? Are you ready yet? And I'm like, Jeez. everyone wanted to know like when I pooped. And I'm like, you know what? When I do poop, you're gonna you're gonna be the first to know. Or <laughs> yeah. second. I'm, I'm gonna I'll be sure to let you know. But you know, as a 32-year-old guy yeah. who was really healthy, and now you have to like call someone in to like clean you up at that age. That's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. And, you know, keep in mind, like I was, I had multiple things broken. And the injury that really caused it to be life and death is that when the left femur shattered, it lacerated the femoral artery of my yeah. left leg. So in essence, that whole like, will I live or not was a serious question because I was bleeding out in the middle of the desert yeah. in, in nowhere in New Mexico. But that loss of dignity definitely stayed with me. Mm -hmm. But I just, I knew like, if I'm going to be the best I can be, I got to lose all that yeah. and really show up with more of an attitude of abundance yeah. and possibility. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, now, obviously this was a, a heck of a grind for you, um, not just in the moment, but this went on for a while. It, it's, it's interesting you mentioned how, it's funny how when people actually love you and care about you, 
it could sometimes be a hindrance with what you were talking about, where you were in that mode where you felt like a victim, and you know, at the moment of the accident, yeah, you were an accident victim, uh, but it's not, it's not the moment. It's how you're able, like you mentioned, how you can get up from there, how you rebound, and what you decide to do afterwards, and. You know, all of us, obviously everybody watching and listening has had their own moments where life has slapped them in the face and, yeah. you know, kicked them and, and probably more times than one. But I, I appreciate you for, for winding up getting that awareness that even though people were loving you and they were, you know, giving you that empathy, because in their mind, obviously they, they love you and they want you to yeah. feel connected, they don't want you to feel abandoned and they want whatever you're going through they want to help you just feel validated in whatever you're feeling so if you're down they want to help you yep. <laughs> as you're feeling down and if you're feeling better I'm, I'm sure they're there there for you yep. when you start picking yourself back up and i think that's an important thing for especially for everybody listening to remember that you know if you have people that are validating the things that happen to you and the wrongs that you've been suffering and how business is struggling or maybe you've gone through an injury or illness uh, if they're validating you when you're playing victim, just try it. Just try to flip that switch and switch that, like you said, Mike, switch it to Victor. Yeah. And I guarantee you those same people, they'll follow suit. They're going to still love you because if they were loving you, that's the reason that they were, they're supporting you anyway. Um, they'll probably be there probably tenfold uh, when they see you start picking yourself up. So I, uh, I wanted to ask, how long did this go on for you, this, this recovery process in the hospital because I imagine it went on for quite some time it, yeah it really did and I think what, what you just said Aaron is like so spot-on so I was in the hospital for about three months and change yeah but then I still had I left the hospital but I still had about eight more surgeries in front of me yeah, so they kicked me out of the rehab hospital and then I just started doing surgeries and out, outplacement rehab Mm -hmm. So I had like that big moment, that big aha, or what I call my big shift. Yeah. But it wasn't like a light switch. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, you know, like there was a cloudy day and then there's rainbow skittles and unicorns, right? <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't like this linear progression up. Like yeah. it was like sort of like that entrepreneurial journey, yeah. like up and down, sideways and twisty. Yeah. And I had struggle and then I had to shift out of it. Yeah. And what I, you know, in the book, a lot of people read the book, tell me like, listen, the star of your book is your wife, yeah. not you. And I go, I know that. Like, <laughs> I'm here today because of all the people around me, yeah. because of her, because of my daughter's friends and family. So, so to your point, like, like if someone's struggling, there's, there is a need for sympathy and empathy. Yeah. And then there's also a point, and there's no science to this, this is more art, yeah. of like, trying to ask a different question, yep. right? So instead of asking why me, which was my question, the question became, why not me? Like, yep. what's the possibility? And I was able to ask that question and find that question because of them. Because yeah. they were like, like little by little, just pushing me to sort of try to turn. Yeah. Uh, and then, so, I, but I would have like days, like even the day when I realized, wow, Michael, you gotta change your attitude if you're going to change your life yeah the very next day i went to the doctor hoping for good news hoping to get out of my wheelchair and he was like nope your uh, bones are not strong enough yeah. and so in that moment there's another like oh man it was another 
It was another trigger moment that could have easily put me back to being a victim again. Yeah. This is so unfair. I can't believe I can't get out of my wheelchair. You know, this is not right. I, but then I had to really work hard to say, okay, remember, remember your commitment. Remember the opportunity and all this. Rem yeah. Remember to like keep on pedaling, if you will. Yeah. And try to get through that. You know, so people ask me nowadays, like a lot of my clients ask me today, they're like, do you ever get upset? I go, yeah, all the time. Yeah. I just, over the years, have learned how to shift out of those moments faster. Yeah. So I, I still get triggered. We're all human. Yeah. We're all going to have challenging moments. Um, but I, but I can recognize them, like that whole, you know, awareness, acceptance, and then to action. Yep. To get out of them faster. Yeah. Right. And so that's what I continuously work on is try to try to help myself, but also help others do just that yeah. because we're all going to have things that will make us upset you know yeah. so July 11 2001 was my last bad day I've had challenging days since then mm -hmm. but we get to choose our labels right so I you know and we only label things once our events are over like yeah. a contest uh, a podcast a day we get to choose how we want to label that day yeah and I decided to label that day as my last bad one. Yep. I've had challenging ones since, but never a bad one. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, there's always something I'm grateful for. Yeah. To make it, you know, a good day or an optimistic day or a day filled with possibilities. Yeah. Even though it may be a challenging day, it's still at the end of the day, there's something still to build upon. Yeah. Or build off of. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it. It lasted a you know a long time, and it's definitely like sort of the roller coaster of life. Yep. And you know, I still have a moment or two like like I pulled a muscle earlier this year, and it was basically a result of a seed that was planted on my last bad day. Yeah. Right. And I was like, oh man, this stinks. Yeah. I don't like to be hurt. I don't like not having my health. Yeah. But then I remembered, okay, let's. Think about what you're grateful for. Yep. Let's try to shift out of that. Because getting stuck in the mud or playing the victim or curling up and trying to like remove yourself from the world doesn't yeah. help anybody. Yeah. So yeah. I, I've gotten, luckily I've gotten really good at making that shift a little bit faster than I nice. used to when I was younger. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. What, uh, Mike, uh, Michael, what's your wife's name? Lynn. 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 Bless you for sticking with this yeah, man and so helping him out. 24 years of marriage Beautiful. on May 14th. Beautiful. Congratulations. Yeah. So, uh, nice. Yeah. So, awesome. So she's my best friend. And like, yeah, when people read the book, yeah. you know, they'll learn about all of her awesomeness. Nice. nice. Yeah, and she, she held it together. She cool. held the whole family together. Cool. That, yeah. that, you know, we're, we're two lucky guys, man, yep. because this is uh, this year is year 22 for me. Yeah. And my wife, Kathy, definitely, you know, I've had my moments for my own moments for those that uh, kind of know my story yep. and, have, and have read about my uh, moments and the stuff I've been through and the stuff I, you know, like you said, we all have challenging days uh, without without her there. I know you know the feeling. Yeah. It's like, what the heck would I be doing right yeah. now? Because uh, it takes support. You, you, um, you touched on something a minute ago when you were talking about that we all get we all get triggered and we all have those days where we might get into one of those funks and, and it's it's funny one of, uh, 
one of the things that has helped me the most and you can let me know how you relate is is learning how to transition as you mentioned faster and it certainly coincides with the title of your book which is shift you know because uh I, I think that really in many ways that's one of the things that in my experience and my years of coaching and just working with entrepreneurs and, the, and even people outside of the entrepreneurial world the people that are able to transition the fastest you know from damn that sucked to okay what am i going to do about it how am i going to change the mood being able to master those transitions faster uh, because you know how it is some people have something bad happens at work on a tuesday and on sunday afternoon they're still complaining about the same thing whereas some people will have that that thing happen on the same day and you know they may take a break take 30 seconds to and say you know what, i'm going to detach from this and decide what to do next and and the shorter that you close we close those gaps between the event we didn't like to detaching ourselves from it emotionally and making a decision like you said taking some action or sometimes taking just deciding to not take any action because some yep. not everything deserves our response yep the faster we're able to get to that decision making process okay do i need to do something about this and not because of my emotion but because I've allowed myself to calm down and detach from that negative emotion. Is there anything I really need to do about this? And if so, what should I be doing? And if not, then let's move on to you know the next thing that actually matters. Yeah. Um, that that being able to learn how to transition or shift uh, in those moments has completely changed my life, and I've certainly seen it over and over again, both in people I've coached or just people like you that I've met. It's it's almost a difference maker because it saves so much time. And it makes us so much more productive, which is why I laugh when people, I don't laugh, I empathize when I, every once in a while I meet people that kind of poo-poo on the idea of emotional uh, intelligence oh, yeah. and how, in, how important yeah. emotions are. And they're like, yeah, I don't need to learn yeah. about emotions. Uh, but meanwhile, those same people are living in these roller coasters and they're literally wasting days and ultimately wasting dollars and wasting, wasting quality of life because... You know they're not realizing how important emotions are and it's certainly not I, I i'm so grateful when i get to meet people like you that have been through it and been through hell yeah and you know through trial and error and with support of family and friends have gotten to the point where you know that 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 emotional awareness comes in you say you know what i can create something out of this just by sheer will and just yeah. deciding to and that's what you've been doing yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I'm sure you've had. A, uh, I'm curious to get your take on that. That transitional, how important those transitions are. So I think that I think transitions are everything. I, I'm also a big believer that conversation is everything. So mm -hmm. con like when we think about whether work or like entrepreneurs with their clients, if we want strong, if we want a strong society or tribe or culture at work, yeah. I often ask people like, well, what drives that? Yeah. And there's a little bit of a puzzlement to when I first asked that question, but I said the foundation of that is like are the quality of our relationships. Yeah. Right. Sure. So when our relationships are strong, our tribes at work are strong, but our society is strong. Mm -hmm. And what drives great relationships? Well, a great conversation. Yeah. Right. So, but the most important conversation that we have is the one that we have with ourselves. Yeah. And when we're ha when we're all in our headspace. It's hard to connect with each other, right? Yeah. It's hard to build that one-to-one -one relationship. 
And so I think in today's society, we have a lot of conversations with ourselves mm-hmm. that are toxic. Yeah. I think it's actually creating some of the loneliness that we see. Yeah. It's also causing some of the tribalism that we see where we're all sort of running to our corners and trying to out-shout each other, yeah. believing that the person that shouts the loudest the last wins the argument. Yeah. And that ain't working out too well for us. And so we have to work on that conversation. So when we get in our own headspace, back to emotional intelligence, this is critical, right? So like, how aware are we of what's holding us back? Like, why is it triggering us? Mm -hmm. Now, if it, if the trigger is something to do with our own personal values, like say like, like I have a value of family, like I imagine you do too. So there might be something that threatens that and we're going to get upset, but it's values based. Yep. And so we're going to get into like fight, you know, flee mode, fight flight mode, right? Yep. But there's some other stuff that we just got to let go. Yeah. Like let it go. <laughs> it's not worth it, right? We, we don't have to be, we don't have to accept every invitation to every debate and argument and fight yeah. that we're invited to, right? So we can, we can choose how we want to engage uh, and w- what, you know, how we're triggered and how we want to shift and really how do we want to respond versus react yeah and that's the one thing i learned through my journey is that i don't have to react to everything yeah i actually can have a moment where i just pause and breathe and reflect i call it my pbr pbr moments which doesn't stand for paps blue ribbon but just <laughs> pause breathe. i thought things were going to get interesting yeah here. yeah well you know we're at top golf i think later on tonight right so but yeah my my little uh pbr moments or just pausing, breathing, and reflecting yeah. gives me enough space to say, okay, how do I want to respond? Yeah. As opposed to just reacting to everything that's happening yeah. and we're on this like this like cortisol adrenaline yeah. rush. And yes. what it does is it just usually feeds our addiction to being right. Yeah. And, and, we, and then we lose our ability to be empathetic and yeah. curious and build those relationships that are so critical. Yeah to our success yeah. and really our health. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I love a big word you kicked on that you hit on there was addiction, um, you know, which is, uh, uh, we can kind of intersperse the word habit in there if we want to, because yeah. we have these habits of, of what we're doing, right? And, and until we become aware of them, hence, you know, the term awareness that everybody always talks about, but a lot of people don't really think about what it actually means. It's, it's being able to look at what you're doing and how to responding and say, wait a minute, why did I actually respond that way? Yeah. Was it actually something important or was it something that just felt important in the moment? Yeah, like um, we got to win every argument. I'm yeah, like, and, yeah. And leaders do this all the time at work. Like, sure. like, let it go. You don't have to be right. Sure. Just let the other person win the argument. Yeah. You know, but that addiction to being right, I think in today's society, yeah, uh, is, is prevalent. Yeah, and social media. We we talked about all the greatness of social media earlier. Yeah, but it's it's one of the like toxic byproducts of social media, where everyone's sort of just screaming at each other sometimes. Yeah, some social media channels more so than others. Yeah, but if we can just connect and listen to each other, yeah, we can build That's much more powerful relationships. Yeah. Yeah. That's where the winning comes. I mean, we were yeah. talking earlier about masterminds and, yeah. and things of that nature, and and you know. Uh, a lot, of, a lot of entrepreneurs, especially early on, they hear the word mastermind and they're like, "Ooh, is this thing?" But really, at, at the core of it, it's, it's the conversation. Yeah. It's, it's going into it 
knowing that you're not right about everything and that there's all these other people in this group that have some knowledge that I don't have, or even if they have the same knowledge, they, ha they see it from a different angle. Yeah. And by having those conversations, that's why these high value masterminds are so valuable and, and why they can create the best results. And, and it's interesting because you meant you touched on leadership and that, you know, that was a topic of my, you know, when I went to grad school for leadership. So it's one of my favorite things to, to talk about. Um, but over the years, when I see leadership work, it's when leaders are willing to listen. Yep. Uh, in addition to being willing to make these tough decisions, they're equally or more so willing to listen, collaborate, and understand that you know the collective knowledge is always going to beat anybody's singular knowledge. Yeah, and it's, it's really an important thing uh, for us to remember, and it, it just it just make like you said, it makes relationships really really work. So tell me, I, I appreciate you sharing the, short, the story with everybody. Uh, I'd love to hear what you're up to. Like, what's what's on the horizon for you? Uh, usually, usually during a podcast, I hit on you know what's uh, what's one of the toughest things you had to deal with recently. But I only want to go there today. <laughs> I just want you know we're here. You know we're we're in a great place and and enjoying ourselves. So what's what's big on the horizon for Michael that that people can look forward to or something you're working on now that people can engage with and uh, and where can they go to find out more about it? Uh, yeah. What's up for you? So. So people can always find me through my website, which is MichaelO'BrienShift.com. Yep. But the big thing that I'm working on is a new membership site for sales and marketing professionals, mainly at a manager director level. So okay. I, I saw this in my career and I see it now even more so as an executive coach. There's so many people at that level that mm -hmm. will never get an executive coach that the company will sponsor, right? Yeah. And they don't necessarily have an executive mentor or access to the executive suite. Yeah. But they're eager to grow, they're eager to get better, they just don't know where to go. Their manager may be interested in their development, maybe not so. Mm -hmm. So they do a lot of it on their own, like a DIY type of approach. Yeah. So I'm building a new membership program just for those people. So okay. corporate sales and marketing folks, eager to grow, uh, they'll get access to executive coaching, mentorship and advisement. Uh, a uh, book of the month, Q&A, yeah. other resources, all sort of tailored to help them grow nice. so they can have that career success that they're looking for, that professional success, but also have the per personal success that, you know, it's the external and internal success that yeah. we talked about earlier for complete success. So the whole program is all designed for them in that capacity and it's going to be cheaper than their Starbucks habits each month. <laughs> which is totally cool and a great community of other difference makers, other people that are you know, not necessarily entrepreneurs. They love their role as corporate sales and marketing. They want yeah. to flourish and they want someone in their corner that's been there. Nice. And so that's called the Pace Line and it launches fully on July 1st. Okay. And I'm going to open up membership for people to sign up uh, at the beginning of June. So, nice. so people can, email me, get in contact with me, follow me on all the different platforms yep. uh, to be on the VIP waiting list and then we'll open it up and we'll uh, nice. we'll start going on July 1st, which will be really cool. I love it, nice. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing it. I love that model and by the way, for everybody listening and watching, um, if you go to if you go to AaronKeithHawkins.com, uh, I'll link up all the links to make sure you can get access to, to Mike, uh, his membership program and whatever he may be working on in the future if you're listening to this later on down the line. Uh, go to AaronKeithHawkins.com, go to the search bar, it's on the, it should be on the top right corner, and just type SHIFT, S-H-I-F-T, 
in their search bar and it'll definitely take you to our uh, episode here so you can link up with Mike and take advantage of that. Uh, I, I love that model of, um, I love the reason behind why you created that program because it's one thing that a lot of times we, we can forget, especially as entrepreneurs as we're trying to build stuff, is to keep in mind the, the different levels that people need because, you know, in your case, you, you're, you're targeting more of a corporate world, but you're, you're really being mindful of where people are at different times and, and who is being underserved uh, very often because if you're not at the C-suite, you may not have access to your own executive coach and your own one-on-one -on -one guidance and mentorship. And if you're not the new guy or gal, you may not be getting all the support and yeah. the onboarding and all that stuff. And, and it, so if you're stuck in that middle management spot, where do you go when you're hungry to grow in a company? And you know, every company is different, but to be able to have access to somebody like you and get some real training, some really targeted uh, training on mindset and, um, you know, business skills and things of that nature to help themselves, to help them grow. That's really an awesome thing to have. It's, 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 uh, yeah, that's really important. Yeah. Same thing. Entrepreneurs go through the same thing. It's why absolutely. That's yeah. why you do your mastermind and yeah. your speaking engagements, yeah. and yeah. it's like reaching people where they need to be reached. Yeah, you know, and yeah, for me it was I looked at all my client, my clients, my executives. You know, yeah. heck, none of, not all of their peers actually get an executive coach. So yeah. even at that highest level in an organization, not everyone gets a coach. Now yeah. I could argue that everyone should have a coach. Sure, but. The people in the middle, yeah. they get lost sometimes, and they're the future of every organization. Yeah. And they're also future entrepreneurs one day. Yeah. And some of them are. Yeah. And I really want to be, you know, showing up for them. You know, still a major focus of my practice is going to be that executive because yeah. I think he or she can set the tone for the whole organization. Yeah. Really, a lot of ways does set the tone, but helping that middle manager that director who is an up and coming type of professional yeah. that wants more out of their professional and personal life. I also want to be able to serve them. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm really excited about what the pace line has to offer and nice. they're going to get some good content, uh, some excellent books nice. uh, and someone that they can talk to. It's all confidential objective, not yeah. in their movie. So, you know, a lot of times you get mentorship within your company and everyone has their own agenda because they're in the movie with yeah. you. Yeah. Right. So this way they can talk to someone outside of it yep. and strategize and game plan and yeah. have an accountability partner. So nice. I'm pretty stoked about nice. how it'll benefit the people who join. Yeah. So it's nice for, for people listening that may be interested. Trust me, it's nice to have the objectivity. So you're not worried about is there an agenda? You know, this coach was hired by the company. Are they trying to steer me in a direction? You're free of that. And one thing I want to definitely hit on is that. Uh, you're actually anybody that gets involved in your in, in this program, this this monthly program. Actually, they are getting a physical book from you, yeah, free as part of this program every single month. Yeah, so um, every month, like a, a book that all leads to either leadership, career management, sales and marketing. Yeah, a book that I've personally read that I think is value add. Yeah, and you know so. And so it's sort of like curated content. Yeah. So you don't have to like go and Google everything. Like I'm going to be right. really specific. Uh, members will get a copy of my book too. Uh, of obviously I have to put that in there, right? <laughs> um, so, but yeah, they're going to get some really great books. Yeah. And when your book comes out, 
they're going to get a copy of your book when okay. it comes out. Cool. So awesome. uh, we're going to make that happen. Awesome. So, yeah. I appreciate that. Uh, for, for everybody, everybody that's, that's listening or watching this, uh, like I said, trust me, I, I, I've heard the price point of what Mike's talking about. And for what you're getting, it is a absolute 100% no brainer steel so, <laughs> it is it really is it really is as a matter of fact i have concerns for him yes <laughs> but yeah. i'm happy for I, you I, I think i think there's a lot of people are going to say like you're not charging enough um but yeah. um we're gonna you know for the people who are early adapters yeah they're gonna get a huge win yeah yeah so, definitely for the people who sign up later they're still gonna get a win yeah you know but the hugeness goes to the early adopters. They may not be laughing at you as much. Yeah, yeah, how much exactly. They're getting, like. But you know what? I, I'm used to being laughed at from time to time, you know. But, you know, a little humor goes a long way. Uh, I, I appreciate it. Uh, but I'm definitely excited about um, seeing your program grow and, and, and seeing people more more people join and get, and get to spend more time with you. That, that excites me to, cool. to know that that's going to be happening. Thank you, brother. Uh, yeah, no problem. Uh, tell me, what's something, I love to hear, what's something that you're working on now outside of the business, something that you're involved in, whether it's an app or a habit, um, something you're doing with the family, or something you're doing, it could be something you're doing in a business. What's work, really working for you lately that's relatively might be new that you can share with people that might help them out? So I, you know, I, I think one of um, the things that I've, as the summer comes and like the weather changes here in New Jersey, mm -hmm. you know, getting back out on my bike. So I, now I, I still ride my bike. I was able to get back on the bike, nice. but it's really, you know, managing my, per, my time better. Right. Yeah. And I think one of the big things is first thing in the morning, hydrate, right? We got our iced tea and lemonade going, but yeah. I, I do 20 ounces of water first thing when I wake up. Nice. But I spend five, 10 minutes just really trying to set my intentions for the day. Yeah. And trying to really get back to that routine, that habit mm -hmm. to no app. You know, obviously there's apps you can use. Sure. But I think a lot of people wake up and they just sort of go about their day and they rush right into their circus. Yeah. They wake up, they start checking email. Yeah. They've really just set our intentions and how those intentions for the day align with our values. Yeah. And so a lot of the work late has been around, you know, making sure the, the values that I want to honor are those, the true values that I want to honor. Yeah. And then being really intentional about the things I want to do to help promote those. Okay. Uh, so, and that's given me a really good one part of the bookend in the morning. Yeah. The, the other bookend to sort of complete the bookshelf, right? Yeah. Is gratitude at night, right? Yeah. Having those two things. So really intentional as I begin my day and very grateful as I end my day. Yeah. And it has a magical way of, you know, shifting our perspective on how the day went. Mm -hmm. And it, it has a wonderful way of building on each other. So day after day, like, you know, tomorrow gets better than today. And then yeah. the next day, a little bit better than the other day. And, and you just build on that. And you got this beautiful momentum going. Yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, I'm sort of looking forward to like really playing that out for the rest of the summer. Yeah. Uh, especially because there's a lot going on with my business and I also want to be out there on my bike because yep. being active on my bike is a daily statement of what I've been through and yeah. what we can all accomplish when we have a strong Peloton yeah. and the right mindset. I love it, so, man. Yeah. Awesome. I appreciate that. It's funny. Um, a lot of times people will bring up, uh, a lot of people come on the show, a lot of conversations I have on and off the show, even when I'm on the other shows, people bring up, um, their morning practices as what has set the tone for them or kind of changed the game for them. Um, but I really appreciate what you just pointed out there to kind of bookend your day 
um, because I, I've definitely been guilty of it myself. At the end of the day comes and you finished everything and you started off well and went through the day strong and get to the end of the night. And a lot of times, if you don't close out the day intentionally, um, that's a blind, that can be a blind spot. And yeah. I'd love that you said finishing out the day with gratitude because that's, that's actually one of my, uh, one of my acts first thing in the morning is, is three pieces of gratitude. So I love the idea of making sure we finish the day the same way. Um, yeah. I, I love that perspective. So I'm definitely going to be adopting that more than I have been, uh, closing out the day in a similar fashion to how I started it. Uh, so I appreciate that. That's well, pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like it, it's akin to like finishing your workout strong, yeah. right? It's like that last rep, whatever rep you're doing in the gym, yeah. it, make it a good one, right? Yeah. So you finish, you finish the day as strong as you started. Yeah, which lays down a really good memory for the next morning. Yeah, for so sure. and I, you know, for me, it's it's an important part of my practice. Now I don't do like I don't write it out. Like I'm not right. the, I'm not the guy that has like a, a tower of journals. <laughs> like I don't do any of that writing out. The leather bound books. <laughs> you know, hey, and I know that's the thing for a whole yeah. bunch of people. They love yeah, doing that cool. and they collect them all. And but I, you know, I think. There are a lot of different ways to be successful. Yes, sure, and for me, it's just like as I'm brushing my snags, brushing my teeth. Yeah, I just sort of think about the day. What am I grateful for? And even like if I have a struggle during the course of the day, yeah, I can be grateful for my struggle because I know my struggle is going to make me stronger tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. And so it's not all like sunshine stuff for you know that's that I'm grateful for. Sometimes it's sort of like the the dark cloud yeah but i know if i can get past that dark cloud i'm gonna be better down the road yeah and i and i try to spend a moment in, in gratitude with that as well i love it man yeah. that's great stuff try uh, I, yeah. it's great stuff I, and I, I appreciate the perspective and and the lesson for for me and everybody else and i definitely want to point out to people it, it doesn't matter how you do it uh, there's so many different ways you know some people meditate some people do morning tea some people do morning reading some people rotate it, and then the same thing at the end of the day. Some people like to journal, write their things down, type their things out. It doesn't matter. As long as we're being intentional, whatever feels right for you, switch it up, change it up until you find something that gets you in your groove and uh, and, and helps you keep crushing it and uh, keeps you shifting into the right gears, my Absolutely. man. Absolutely. Yeah, you got to shift. Yeah. Uh, definitely, I appreciate the time, uh, Thank you, Mike, and we're going to hang out and enjoy a little bit more of Top Golf here. Yep. Uh, but... Thanks for joining me on the show. It's, Thanks, it's been an honor. I appreciate it. And yep. once again, before we go, everybody, make sure you get a copy of Shift. Uh, check out Mike at his uh, website again. For, for everybody, it's not going to bother going to my website to look for your website. Yeah. Tell them now so they got it. So Wait. it's michaelobrianshift.com. Okay. And can I tell you one? Can I tell the audience one thing about the book? Oh, it's your show, what? man. You tell so, me everything. Uh, so, <laughs> World Bicycle Relief. So all the proceeds of Shift go to charity. Nice. So when it. they buy a copy of the book, what it does is it helps World Bicycle Relief uh, fulfill their mission of conquering the challenge of distance. They give the gift of mobility. So every book sold helps build bikes for girls in countries like Kenya and Malawi and Zaire and Zimbabwe so they can stay in school, get to healthcare and get to the marketplace. That's beautiful. So for me, I wrote the book not for a moneymaker, I wrote it for the message yeah. about mindset, about a strong Peloton. Yeah. And so I'm thrilled that like my last bad day can turn into brighter days for people halfway around the, the planet. 
I love it. So when the reader, when you guys go out and buy it, you're going to get an awesome book, uh, but you're going to actually make a meaningful difference in someone's life. Beautiful, man. Yeah. See, I love it. I love it, Mike. Thank you so much. Thank you. And please, everyone, uh, if you were on a fence about getting shift, if you're not going to do it for yourself, please just do it for for the people that it's going to benefit uh, through Mike's charity work. And uh, Mike, parting thoughts. This is Unbreakable Success. So if you had one last thought to give somebody on on how to live and get through life and succeed and do it in a way that just feels completely unbreakable, what's your your parting words of wisdom, my friend. So there's a, there are two, I would say, practice wabi-sabi, so which is a Japanese proverb, yeah. which basically like one translation is broken but better, mm, right? So uh, sort of enjoy your scars and your gray hairs and all your wisdom. Yeah. But the main thing, and I write, I write this in every book I sign, is keep pedaling. Mm -hmm. Like part of life, part of success in life is just showing up and keep on moving forward. Beautiful. Even even when it's even when we have a headwind, or we feel like we have a little bit of a flat tire to play off the cycling analogy a little yeah. bit further, just keep pedaling, and we can get past a lot of our challenges. Yeah, and you'll see that there's a brighter spot on the other side. Nice. So that's my two bits of advice. So live and breathe in wabi sabi. Yeah, and keep pedaling. Nice, I love it, man. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you again, Mike. No problem, bro. You're a good man. Thank you, uh, sir. Once again, everybody, uh, right. thanks for hanging out with us. Make sure you stop by AaronKeithHawkins.com. Type in the word shift. Get all the links to Michael and his work and the work he's doing. And connect with him. Thank him for spending and spending some time with us today, sharing so much with us. And until next time, take care of yourselves. Definitely take care of each other and keep on creating the best life of your life. See I'm Aaron Keith Hawkins. This is Michael O'Brien. Love you guys. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Aaron, and thanks again for joining me. If you liked that episode, please make sure you hit subscribe to make sure you get the next one. Also, to get a free copy of my book, Million Dollar Influence, plus access to free training and free one-on-one -on -one coaching to improve your influence, relationships, and personal confidence, just visit AaronKeithHawkins.com to get it all. That's AaronKeithHawkins.com. And until next time, please take care of yourself. Make sure you're taking care of others and keep on creating the best life of your life. I'm Aaron Keith Hawkins, and I'll see you next time.